0: Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan, and today on the show, it is the live TPOE podcast recording that was done in Plugged Upstairs at the Roundy as part of Quarter Block Party at the start of February. The guests that day were Kira Mary, Alice Thompson aka CMAT and Rachel Lavelle. Usually on the show most of the guests have albums under their belts, new albums that are just about to be released or a couple of albums done in the past and kind of a history behind them. But I wanted to do something a little bit different this time around so neither CMAT nor Rachel Lavelle have an album between them. In fact they only have a single out between them. Rachel Lavelle released perpetual party in the middle of last year it's one of the songs of 2019 as well you can hear that at the end of the podcast as well so it's well worth sticking around for that and sticking around for the chats because i didn't actually realize when i asked them to do the podcast that they were actually really really good friends already in fact they're part of a whatsapp group together we also talk about kind of this idea of being a new in inverted commas in air quotes artist in 2020, whether albums matter anymore, or is it just about singles, about YouTube videos? And CMAT, as we speak, a couple of weeks later, has actually made the first video for her single to come. So that's something to get very excited about. Anybody who would have seen CMAT at Quarter Block Party will know just how talented she is and how good this project is going to be. It's country tinged pop music. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with that now and you'll hear on the podcast how we almost struggle to define Rachel Lavelle's music. Thanks to all of the organisers at Quarter Block Party for asking me to take part. This was pre-coronavirus as well so you might hear a bit of coughing in the background but it's all grand, don't worry about it. This was the start of February, ages before any of us were talking about the coronavirus. Now uh, I don't think anybody is talking about anything else. We started off our conversation by talking about how their quarter block party was going so far and then Kira started talking about how she had played music as part of her set via her iPhone and was kind of doing a dance to it. I got to see that a couple of hours after our conversation and I can attest to the fact that it was amazing. And so we're going to cut into our conversation a couple of minutes in. Kira is talking about having gone to New York to record music with a guy called Ollie Deacon. So let's pick up the conversation right
1: there. He's from London. He uh, records his own music under Low Pines, but I would know him through Bombay Bicycle Club people and... I worked with him for my with my first band and the first single that we did, a single called Solidaire. Great song. Th- thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I have a new manager and we are talking about, because I have a big box of songs that are just sitting there waiting to, for me to do things with them. And um, he was like, who's your dream? Like, who's your dream producer? And I was like, honestly, like first person that I worked with ever that like I really loved uh, was this guy called Ollie, and I was like, "Oh, but he's in New York now, so it's not gonna happen." And he was like, "We're gonna make it happen. It's gonna happen. It's fine." And then I just got to go over to New York and record for a week and a half in Brooklyn, in Green Green Point Greenview. I forget the name of the place in Brooklyn, but it's like uh, I think it was. It's a Polish neighborhood, and they have these delis that have um, like soft. Dumplings full of sausage. <laughs> that's not relevant, but <laughs> I was the food was the main um attraction of going to New York. <laughs> to and you Borg. made a little
0: bit of music along the way.
1: Yeah, I made it. Made a go, good bit of music. Yeah, so I'm very excited for whenever it comes out. I don't know yet. Okay, but.
0: so so that's kind of the the start of the C stuff that's going yeah, to be that's, happening.
1: Yeah, that's the first single that I released will be the first C single. Class. Yeah.
0: Um, and what about you, Rachel? Because you've only had one single mm-hmm. released so far today, "Perpetual Party," mm-hmm. that kind of came out last summer, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a lot of people just kind of found they found their way to it over the Ooh. over the course of the second half of the year. But what's it like to put out your first song?
2: Yeah, well, I've I've put out music in twenty fifteen. I put i did an oh. e p yeah like i've as i've Rachel been around Lebel. for a while <laughs> See, like, I'm a what? new artist but i've i've definitely been around for like even five as a new artist? years or plus um and since then I've been working on um like new music i went i studied music tech and then I kind of like changed everything, like i don't guess like learnt new skills and my songwriting changed a lot um so Yeah, I've just been working on new stuff now for the last, like, three years, I guess. And, yeah, I'm, like, working on an album, per se, but, like, kind of singles, I guess, as well. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that that's probably, like, the most interesting thing about the music industry or whatever you want to call it Mm. Uh, nowadays. Like, does an album actually matter? Like, is that still kind of, like, the main goal that both of you have? Or is it just, like, I just want loads of streaming numbers on Spotify, how do I get, like, Um, hundreds of thousands of listens on Spotify?
2: I don't know. Uh, I I feel like, for me, definitely an album kind of fits or, like, conceptually, Like like, a lot of songs fit into each other and they kind of sit as a as a whole maybe together. I I would prefer an album but it's probably harder to make that.
1: (laughs) I still feel really new because I like I've only just started writing for myself as of like a year ago like before that when I was writing songs it was kind of within the context of writing for a band and like trying not to step on people's toes and like be respectful of everyone that I'm representing in the band and stuff. And now I don't care about anyone else but myself. So it's kind of, I'm all over the place in terms of the song's sound, if you know what I mean. I really like to get that locked down. But I I think I'm good at like crafting a song that works from beginning to end, but like, in the way that Rachel is amazing at, I am not good at like making a selection of songs that work <sighs> together. I'm just not there yet, and I like I personally am very bad at listening to albums like i I'm a singles person like i like I will listen to one song on a loop for like two hours easily if I really like it because I'm an insane person, but um yeah so I'm definitely I think I I love singles I love someone who's really good at just nailing a song by itself so that's kind of what I'm focused on but it's not it's not from like a marketing perspective because who even cares like it It doesn't matter you can like the industry
0: it. cares that's it though true yeah.
1: but like yeah. it, even if you try I think even if you try really hard to be like marketable and I'm going to make myself marketable and I'm going to do all these marketable things like you still have to be good yeah. So, like, yeah, you still have to be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, Rachel, what was the kind of music that you were making five years ago? Was it similar to what you've put out um, to date? And, like, we just saw you a couple of hours mm-hmm. ago at Quarter Block Party. Was it that mm-hmm. kind of music? And, like, oh, why the long break in between? Apart from, like, college. Like, was there a musical decision behind the break?
2: The music that I was making, it's quite, I mean, it is quite definitely quite similar. It's, like, similar harmony, similar style of lyrics um and then i just got really interested in like sound worlds and and um that kind of changed my my songwriting process so i guess they are quite different now and also yeah i just was i was like always making music i mean i mean i probably like like i'm always songwriting probably took a break for like a few months but we love songwriting. We that? love songwriting. <laughs> we love it and we hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, me and Rachel talk about songwriting all the time. Oh, you're the only person I you really talked about it as well. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> no, because I think you get it in the sense that, like, I don't know, if like I think we both have the issue of constantly feeling really lazy. Yeah. Like you're always scolding yourself. You're like, I haven't written anything. I've been in lisbon for a month that i only wrote like 17 songs i'm used no but
2: you write loads of songs
1: no but you write loads of songs i'm
2: way slower than you
1: but (laughs) your songs are better (laughs) they're more they're more complex they take a lot more writing to do i think your songs they all break your legs i swear to god i'm (laughs) such a big fan of Matt. i'm such a big fan of rachel (laughs) Bell. I, no, I, I used to follow
2: you around.
1: <laughs> yeah, you with did. Bad no, Never. you did actually. I actually followed her. She did stalk like, me. Yeah, she did yeah, stalk me a little bit. And to her it was mix. the reason we became friends was there was like a couple of people yeah, she that wouldn't leave
2: you alone. <laughs> <was kind> of, <laughs> like, who who it is was, this strange person? Now? Oh my gigs.
1: It was not far off what happens. Like the the thing was like I kept meeting you and you're like I love you. <laughs> my fi- like, oh, this song's amazing. <laughs> and then, um, like, I'd be out when you weren't there, and someone would just come up to me and be like, "You know Rachel Lavelle? She loves you. You have to be <laughs> friends with her." It's <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, and but then, like, I started actually properly listening to your music, and then I saw you live. I think we played. Remember the abortion. Remember ab- abortion gigs that happened? What? Are th- there's a better way of no, calling them. Gig? Oh, no, no. The g- Kil- gig for repeal. The one in Kilkenny. Yeah, the one and Kilkenny. And you did a cover of a Joni Mitchell song with Morgan. Oh, yeah. Lovely. And I was like, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly but surely, I was like, oh, she's better than me. Goddamn. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but it's okay. Oh, please, we can no, live with no. it. Not possible.
0: So, Talk me through the songwriting process. So for each of you, like, how, how do you do it? And, like, how did you decide on, like, the kind of the sound that you have now that you've kind of settled on with the, like, your new acts?
1: Mm. Wait. Uh, the way I write songs is I don't know. <laughs> mm. Usually, like, the most tried and tested <laughs> method is, like, working around a lyrical like, thing, as opposed to a melodic thing. Like, if I have an idea for a song that I want to write, because I'm really not a fan, like, I love pop, I love chart pop, I love mainstream pop, I love any kind of really punchy songwriting, but the issue I have with a lot of it is that there's so many songs that are about nothing. Like, they're just about nothing. There's, like, no, like, they're not singing about anything, they're just kind of throwing words at the wall and hoping something will stick. Um, so I definitely am always, like, I need to write the song about something, it has to be some. I don't want... Like, obviously things are open to interpretation, but at the same time I'm like, no, this song is about something very specific. Mm. So I think I have to have that, that kind of sits in your head and just shoes away for a little bit. And then you'll come up with like a <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, I can put this on this and then this all work together. And then you just write it. I don't know. Mm. That doesn't make any sense, but no. generally around lyrical stuff. Yeah, I,
2: your lyrics are so good. Thank you. Anyway, I and then what about
1: the KFC Kf- song? It, the KFC song. Yeah, I love that one. Is that your fave? Uh, no,
2: I want to be a cowboy.
1: Oh, you want to be a cowboy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never the cow. <laughs> but n- always the cowboy, never oh the cow. God. That, I actually, that was from a tweet. <laughs> I tweeted that. And then a couple of months later, I had like this idea for like the couplet, like going into the pre-chorus. And I was like, no, 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 And then I was like, oh, always the cowboy, never the cow. And then, yeah, that's just Great. robbing my own tweets <laughs> for content.
0: I mean, that's the best inspiration that there could possibly be. I,
1: I think it is. <laughs> I think it's good. It's basically, I think it's like the way people back in the day used to write songs, just going through their journals. I just have my journals online, <laughs> and in <then> 140 <laughs> characters or less, or 280 <laughs> now. 280. 280, now, 280. Yeah. I'm
0: still old school. Um, mm. Rachel, I like at your gig earlier. Like, I kind of thought of you as a serious artist, but then there's lots of humor running <laughs> through uh, the. The lyrics i suppose <laughs> as well uh like was that something that just came naturally or were you like you know you need something to uh loosen the tension
2: <laughs> yeah because i guess the sound world is quite dark and intense um but um the humor interesting yeah um L- like the, <laughs> the the
0: kind of the track that you're playing with the the kind of computerized oh, uh, vocal yeah that's running yeah.
2: yeah um that one yeah that one's about internet Dating, um, and the I think it's kind. Of, I I take like a lot of what people say, <laughs> I guess people's internet profiles. Um, but uh, and maybe there's a funny spin on it. Definitely, having those voices makes it possibly a bit humorous.
0: Well, I guess maybe is that kind of like the influence of someone like Holly Herndon, who we were talking about before we oh, started yeah. recording. Is she? Is that kind of her influence coming through in the songs? Um,
2: yeah, maybe. Um, I love Ho- Holly Herndon. Um, I saw her play in Utrecht at Legasu in November, and she's really amazing. But um, yeah, she's definitely. I think uh, from vocal music, she's like makes amazing vocal beats and is um writing about uh, uh, technology and um life with technology yeah she's a really interesting artist she would be an inspiration yeah definitely
0: um kira i'll ask your help is actually trying to describe what rachel's music is like
2: <laughs> just because
0: i was tra- i was trying to think of what it was while i was watching her play because the setup Like, you know, you hear someone with the the single name, like, you know, Rachel Lavelle, and you think, uh, okay, they won't have, you know, too many people in the band or whatever. It's you and um, another uh, guy, Ryan, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. playing, and you've got keyboard set up, you've got (laughs) saxophone, you've got various beats Mm -hmm. going on, and, like loads more layers that kind of come on through the music. Uh Ciara, please uh, describe I, it.
1: I think it's very... I think it is very hard to describe your music, but there's definitely some common threads that come through all the time. I think, obviously, like, the more ethereal, difficult-to-access, like, Kate Bush, like, later albums, I think is always kind of there. Um, I also think, like, traditional... Irish music is kind of there within just the melody and the structure of the songs. So I think it's really present, especially in the newer songs. Um, and then, I don't know, it's a bit of a mishmash. I think I also, like, I, I get, like, twings of, like, Brian Eno and stuff as well. <laughs> it's kind of all over the shop, but it comes <laughs> together... In a way that makes so much sense for your personality, it's like, oh yeah, this is this makes sense. Like this, <laughs> is, it, the, your music sounds like your personality. Like it does. It's okay. it's crackpot. Like it's <laughs> it's a bit insane, but it's like very sleek as well. And like together somehow, <laughs> like it's all over the shop, but it makes perfect sense. I think Thanks. I love it. I love your music. I think it's oh, so I lovely. love your music.
0: <laughs> like what what was the goal with the sound? Like um, when you decided to kind of Make music, I guess, maybe last year or something. As in, like, what was the goal of what sound were you kind of aiming for?
2: No, um, never really a goal. I think that I wanted, I'm really interested in like uh, harmony and uh, drama. I think I'm naturally attracted to drama, and um, there's definitely a lot of drama in my music. It's <laughs> so dramatic. There's so much drama. I'm uh, kind of blending that with uh, more electronic. Element and fi- finding a way to like have it b- b- quite emotional m- music, yeah. Um, the tea.
0: <laughs> and Kira, um, I, I, I saw CMATS um earlier this year in Dublin, at one of the first Fortnite gigs. Oh, yeah, uh, so I kind of got like a showcase that of the what ham sound sandwich is. first Fortnite yeah. gig.
1: Shout out Neve, <laughs> love of my life. I <laughs> love that woman with every fiber <laughs> of my being. <laughs> She's um, the best. We'll,
0: we'll talk about kind of the support they've gotten from Niamh. And like both of you have gotten from so many kind of more estab- established people, I suppose, in, in mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess your music is kind of like country pop influenced yeah. by Dolly Parton. Yeah. We, or do you want to bring Dolly into the conversation right <gasps> I now? D- I don't think
1: we have the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I mean, the thing with Dolly Parton is I think everybody seems, and not not from a musical perspective, but like my family I was just like, Oh, yeah, she loves Dolly Parton It's like, yeah, I love I love Dolly Parton because you can't not, but more than Dolly, like I discovered her when I was like eleven, and more than getting into her music, she was like a springboard to that whole world of like proper country songwriting of just like we're gonna have exactly two chords in this song, but we're also gonna have about twenty five emotions that are devastating but it's still gonna sound happy and it's gonna be kind of funny as well that just blew my mind like I remember um oh my god like I think I remember being really really interested in Dolly Parton and like early Taylor Swift because I think when I was like 12 when like the second Taylor Swift album came out is that right I was like 12 or 13 and um that was like I was riding with my hair undone mm. in the front seat of the so still
0: Taylor Swift, a uh, country singer.
1: Oh my God, like she... Those first two... Three albums, really. The first three Taylor Swift albums where she was still writing country music and she's still definitely writing the songs herself. Like, I think for the first three years of me being a songwriter, which is like 12 to 15, I was just doing a Taylor Swift pastiche. Like, I just, I did not care. I was writing every single song that came into my very fragile teenage heart. They were all about this one boy in school who I was obsessed with because he was really mean to me. And he had a mullet and he had a diamond earring and he used to like drive cars but he was illegal. Oh, Oh, he was so sexy. (laughs) Um, Oh, he was like the same age as me. Like, (laughs) like it would have been like 13, but he was like driving cars like on the weekends. (laughs) Oh, race cars. Anyway, we are going off. Um, No, he was amazing. (laughs) He was so sexy to me when I was 13. It was like the pinnacle. uh, Yeah, but anyway. Um, So I wrote all these like real sad songs. but w- I, my music teacher, who was like one of the most important women of my life, her name is Pat Morris, shout out Pat Morris. Um, I had her for six years when I was in secondary school. And I remember being like 13, and she was like, you have to listen to the McGarrigle sisters, you have to listen to Dory Previn, you have to listen to Judy Sill. And I was like, I hate this, this is boring. I don't know why you thought I would like this. And then she did it again when I was 17, and I was like, oh. Oh God, I should have been listening to this the whole time. She was dead right. And to this day, like Dory Previn is probably my number one influence. Like, she's just like my. Pinnacle I of music. I don't think I've... Uh, Dory... Dory Previn. I don't think I've heard of her. I will... I'll you give you the lowdown. You know Dory Previn? you sent it to me before. It's really, really, really great. Yeah, Dory Previn. So she was married... I hate that the, her bio always starts off with she was married to Andre Previn, who's the composer, the classical composer. And um, they would have done... They were like writing partners for a very long time. And she would have composed the soundtrack to... Uh, you know the film in The Valley of the Dolls? The 1960s film? anyway he went off rode rings around himself cheat on her like you wouldn't believe uh, ended up getting mia farrow pregnant when she was like 24 and he was like 40 um so dory previn ended up in a psychiatric hospital because she wasn't able to deal with it because like she'd been with this a-hole for so long and then he just ran off as soon as he got like a lick of success. Anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I still feel angry towards Mia Farrow whenever I see her even though she didn't do anything wrong whatever. whatever um, but then she came out and when she was in her 40s released her first album as a singer-songwriter which is uh, Mythical Kings and Iguanas I always forget the name of it, I'm really bad but she released her first album when she was in her 40s basically and She did like the rounds of Top of the Pops in the early 70s and she would have done the rounds of, um, she's got an amazing um, performance on the Old Grey Whistle Test of Mythical Kings and yeah, she's just really funny but devastating and just has it together. She's the best. Storyteller ever in music. I think it's just oh. like my number one. Anyway. Oh.
0: <laughs> um, I remember your first band, Bad um, who released mm. a couple of uh, singles, and that was, I don't know, 2016
1: maybe? Yeah, 2016 was the first <coughs> single, September 2016. And that got
0: stopped, and now you've kind of discovered your own um, or started your own um, thing. Yeah. Uh, like, how, how was that transition from from that to
1: this? Oh, it was difficult. Um, So I was in a relationship with the other member of Bad C, and it was not a good one. (laughs) But, like, whatever, no blood. it's fine. Have fun, whatever. But there was, like, a year and a half in between where I was just definitely feeling like I was never going to do music again. And I was like, I must be terrible. Like, I can't make this work. Like, I can't make this music work. Everything is just so hard. I don't know why I was finding it so hard. Um, oh, my God. I just had a terrible t- I was living in Manchester for a year and a half because I was trying to, like, pursue co-writing in London and all that. That didn't work out. Wasn't able to write music for the band anymore. And I was like, oh, I'm terrible at everything. And then I moved back to Dublin, like, the, pretty much this time last year, I moved back to Dublin, um, and I just started writing songs again in like my mom's kitchen, <laughs> and I was like, ah, like it was just, like a nice relief of like, And whatever about writing new songs, I went back and found there was a lot of songs that I had written when I was in the band that like uh, my old manager and the other guy who's in the band, my ex, um. We're like, oh we're not doing that song. Like we're not doing this. We're not doing these songs. Like it's not gonna be really gonna work. It doesn't really work for us as a team. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I like went back to those songs and when I started like kind of performing them, everyone was like, These are amazing, like these are so much better than anything we ever saw in Bad C. And I was like,
3: Oh, I knew it.
1: Like I I was like, oh, I wanna kill someone. But I didn't kill anyone. (laughs) Um but yeah. Still twenty time. It's it's definitely it was like when I look back, I must have I just didn't know how frustrated I was because I was constantly being pushed in a direction that I wasn't natural and I was constantly being told like we're not playing this music for laughs. Like, it's not a joke. This is real music and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, but I want to be funny. (laughs) Like, because I love people who are funny. I love, like, like, um, Maria Bamford is, like, one of my biggest inspirations in general. But, like, her comedic work definitely feeds into my music and stuff. So I was like, yeah. Anyway, gr- great
0: show on Netflix.
1: Oh my god, Lady Dynamite. She has um what that stemmed from was actually a YouTube show that she did in like 2007 that's recorded on like a mobile phone where she basically does the show Lady Dynamite but on like a mobile phone. Um and it's on it's all on YouTube. It's called the Maria Bamford show and her pugs are in it as characters. <laughs> and uh, it's the best thing I ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs>
0: sorry. <laughs> uh, Rachel, can you kind of relate to what Kira is saying there? Just kind of about like maybe being stymied. I suppose is that fair?
1: Uh, what does that word mean? In, like in terms of other people?
2: Because y- you were As like in like, making, in a group making the it. music. Oh yeah, totally.
1: As I'd like, be yeah. pushed back against, yeah. It's so,
2: um, what do you mean pushed back against?
1: Like that people might have been having a negative influence on your music in the sense of like oh this doesn't sound great you shouldn't do this like trying to Is push you in one direction um,
2: yeah I didn't really have uh, like many people do that <laughs> to me actually <laughs> uh, well um, for some. <laughs> nobody was really interested in my music so like I guess that was probably good <laughs> and I kind of went down my own path um but
0: um what do you mean like nobody was interested in your music like were you sending it to places or were you trying uh, to like were you trying to get it definitely get it heard and people just weren't weren't listening
2: yeah you know like emailing it to everyone and nobody was replying to me (laughs) but that's all part of it you know and then like kind of like maybe got more interested in like the process of, I don't know, but it's really hard songwriting, isn't it? It's really hard (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, yeah, I definitely, there was times where I was like uh, I don't know, I feel like I can't really control it as well, like I'm just kind of like attracted to writing songs that I want to make and I'm not in a place where like anyone's like you should do this or like you should do that so that's probably good for me because it's like a healthy place to be in so it's kind of that,
0: that kind of freedom once you actually yeah. decide like you're making music for yourself like that like mm-hmm. that's that's what so many artists say like you know mm-hmm. their, their new album you know like their fifth album or something you know I'm really just making music for me but like that's that's with you guys as well like no matter what the level as long as you're making your own type of music it, everything will work out
2: yeah yeah and if it doesn't then like it's fun
1: anyway <laughs> you know the process <laughs> you've got to entertain yourself first yeah. I think because yeah. otherwise you'll go mad yeah, definitely. <laughs> I did <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah but we like, we both We went to Lisbon Like We were like um, To go away and songwrite For like a concentrated period of time on, on a workshop. On a type residency, thing. yeah. me and and Simada both did it. But that's funny because it's like you're like, I haven't been writing any music. I haven't been writing any music. So then you think like if you go and then you'll do all of that there. But then the reality is when you arrive you like don't get you as don't much do done <laughs> as you wanted to. So I think that's that's interesting. What maybe
0: happens maybe. on a songwriting workshop in Portugal? That sounds, oh. it, sounds, it sounds amazing scenery. Yeah. Like distracting yeah. scenery.
1: Oh my god, the place. So the way it came about was you had when did you do it like to 2017
2: um i found it through like a really strange way through air, i i went over for i like booked to like quit my job like move over for a month uh, t- write songs and then um was looking for a piano in the area i was like oh if i find a piano with an airbnb in an airbnb i'll just um contact the guy and then I ended up contacting this guy who had a piano in his house, and I was like, can I use your piano? I'll, like, clean for you or teach you English or something when nobody's using it. And he was like, oh, no problem. Um, you don't have to do anything. By the way, I run an artist residency across the <laughs> river if you want to apply for it. so." And he sent me this thing, and it's, like, this really nice studio overlooking the river. And, yeah, it just went over, and there was, like, a tiny little keyboardy thing and it was amazing and then i was telling you about it and then you, you went yeah
1: rachel like i was i was having a identity crisis probably last year during the summer because i was working in my job very hard all the time and i was like i just don't know when i'm gonna write songs because studio space is in dublin Ladies, studio spaces <laughs> not available. <laughs> well, you know, like the rental crisis is obviously bad, but the knock on effect of there being a home rental crisis means that all of the studios are donezo, they're gone, they are not to be found anywhere. And if you have like a living situation like me where I live with my grandparents, shout out Noreen and Dick Lanigan, <laughs> real ones, uh, but I can't like write music at home because they'll kill me. <laughs> um So I was like having a little nervy be over the fact I wasn't able to write songs. And you were just like, just go to Lisbon. You just need to go. I'm just gonna send you all the details. And you sent me like 70 links of things to look at. And then uh, the application with Roy, um, (laughs) who runs the studio. And I think there was a turnover of like a month and a half between having that conversation Mm -hmm. and me then going over to Lisbon for like three weeks (laughs) and writing like all my songs for however long. But um, yeah,
2: you you did loads of great stuff there.
1: I just wrote mm. loads because there's mm. nothing else to do. Mm. I Had no friends, <laughs> but it's great. That's what you need. No, yeah, mates.
2: definitely a change of scenery really helps. I think. Oh my god. Yeah, even like some of the melodies that I have, that I would have written and there. You know, in that space of time. So it's good. It's a great. Place. Just
0: kind of that concentrated period of work where it is yeah. kind of work.
2: I think it's also kind of play as well in a way because you're out of Dublin and. You're, it's so sunny and like it's a really beautiful setting that maybe your brain is in as like, ah. <laughs> so it's like, let me play. <laughs> yeah. and then you can write.
0: I, I've talked to Anamika before, who's mentioned about going to a uh, songwriting or, oh, yeah. or writing I residency. Think she's on in, one right now in Oslo. Oh, yeah. um, oh I think oh, so. Yeah. Let's do that one.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> it's, it's
0: interesting because you always hear about writers going on like writing residencies, and you know, just a space. Like there's a place up in uh, Tyrone called the, Ty- mm, oh, yeah. the, the Guthrie, Tyrone Guthrie, Guthrie. Yeah. Uh, Center, yeah. but uh, it's interesting hearing about more songwriting. Residencies.
1: Yeah, well, you just want to be somewhere where you can be loud. Yeah, because you can't have that in Dublin, because like no studio like I don't have a studio, so it's like that's fine if you're rehearsing because you can kind of get away with like rehearsing once the kind of music I do like I'm just up with a guitar like so there's not too much going on and I can rehearse kind of quietly enough and like i know my stuff and i can rehearse here and there but in terms of like working out the bones of a song and like writing out a song like you have to be allowed you have Mm. to sound bad like you you have to write bad songs and you don't want to be doing that in the confines of a place where other people can hear you Mm. and dublin is so cramped and there's like no room for anyone and there's no available housing there's no available studios so everyone is like on the verge all the time especially musicians so you kind of like it's not like a i'm just gonna go away maybe the inspiration will hit me for me <laughs> it's like i could go away maybe twice a year and all of the stuff that has been like bubbling in my brain over the course of a year you just have to get it out in those two weeks and then it's done <laughs> yeah like mm. a big splat, poo <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry that's gross. <laughs>
0: I wonder does that extend like to so many other people who are thinking of starting out and making music that like I mean unless you're going to bimmer or unless you're going to a music college and have this space where you can create music, maybe you're not going to be able to or maybe you have to try really really hard to actually yeah. make it I mean do you know of any other like similar type of people who are just you know <laughs> the music stops for them because they don't have a place to to play or record and to write. Oh
2: yeah, well, a lot of people move away as well. Yeah, uh, most people are just
1: open yeah. and, and leaving Dublin because they yeah. can't deal anymore, which is absolutely fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'd be doing the same thing, but um, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, d- I don't really know any other specific examples. I feel like I feel like Maya's like that actually. Maya mm-hmm. doesn't really write at home. She went away and wrote all of her stuff, did she? Mm. Did I think
2: she like wrote it in a bath. She, she did. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, I think she
1: wrote fear. it all in a bath. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's, I a, read I that. think that's a PR spin. <laughs> <Where's it? laughs> where to start beef with my <laughs> Sophia you carries, heard her here first it carries a around and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: yeah. We, we mentioned earlier just uh, Nia from Ham Sandwich being really supportive uh, to you Kira. but um, Rachel I always kind of associate you with uh, Saint Sister just because <laughs> I think that was the first time that I saw your name was supporting mm-hmm. Saint Sister when they played the Olympia um,
2: Was it Pepper Canister?
0: Pepper Canister, yeah, yeah, last year. Mm. Um, It must be, like, I don't know if you're friends with them, or Mm. it it just must be so nice to have a band like that who are, like, relatively new, but Mm. pretty established and have risen quite fast, who are kind of giving a leg up to someone.
2: Yeah, definitely. Oh, they're great. I've known them for, like, since probably 2015. Um, I played, I entered a battle of the bands to play a Trinity (laughs) ball, and Morgan was the judge, like. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she voted for me and no one else voted for me. And who Who won the Battle of the Bands? I can't remember who, oh, it was this band,
0: what are they called? The- t- Are they still uh, together? They still uh, the Fontaines?
1: <laughs> Just kidding. I can't remember who
2: they were anyway. I don't think they're around anywhere. So why did they not give it to so me? You, you, you won the war. <laughs> And then afterwards we were just chatting and we, yeah, we just became really good friends. Uh, And then they've always kind of been like really supportive of me. And then they asked me to go on tour with them last year from September to, to do the Irish one and then London as well. But they're great. Like every time I have any like problem I always call them <laughs> ah, and nice. I'm like please what will I do <laughs> <laughs> they're and great they, they get they're really genuinely like amazing people and they're really um really really talented and they work really hard and they're just really great I'm really grateful that they're in my life <laughs>
0: are, are there other people that you can also call on as well like um,
2: definitely we are women in music uh, women in music we have a women and music whatsapp <laughs> uh, and
1: i think it's called music in brackets for women because oh, yeah, it's yeah. not music for boys <laughs> it's music for women <laughs> but yeah we have a group chat it's me Rachel Laval Maya Sophia um Lemoncello girls and then Rosa nutty and generally if there is like a musical related question it just goes into the whatsapp and mm-hmm. then like, yeah. like
0: what? What should I do? Sort of thing. What
1: do yeah. I do here? Yeah. Yeah. Or we meet up. Okay. Has anyone ever played p- this before? Does anyone mm. know like what the setup is like? Oh yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like boring things. Like. Yeah. But then That's we nice. All, I think. We also yeah. like to have a gabber.
2: Yeah, and Anamika as well.
1: She's great. She's not in the WhatsApp. She should be. She's not <laughs> in it. Well, we should have <laughs> had her do it immediately. We'll
2: have to
1: have meetings. You a can meeting. invite people. <laughs>
0: And Kira, Nia from Ham Sandwich, uh, was singing your praises after kind of curating. She curated the music side of the night. And then also, like uh, Stephen, the poet, who was kind of one of the main people involved. He came on afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, he came on afterwards and he was just like, oh my God you're amazing it's just so nice um, to, he's hear, lovely. He's great, to hear yeah. people saying nice things and kind of like i don't know giving a leg up
1: the neve thing is mad because like i used to love like i remember i just remember i have a really intense memory of ham sandwich from when i was like a kid which w- she would murder me for saying that but like i just remember being They've really been around long. for a long time yeah they have um and like there's that video of Neve just like legging it through the streets of Dublin, like in the nighttime. And I had that like burned into my brain. And I remember like when I was sixteen, like sneaking into longitude the earlier days of longitude, and like going and sitting at like when I was I was a I was an insane teenager where I was just convinced that as soon as I had made friends with everyone in the Dublin music industry, that then I would become a famous pop star and that everyone would be obsessed with me and love me. So I was desperately... I was that really annoying teenager that turns up to gigs and is like, hey, can I be a friend? And do you want me to do anything for you? And I'll be fine. Can I get a picture? Like, I was that annoying child. And I remember seeing her... Um, do, like, a radio show on Phantom, R.I.P., Phantom. Um, and I think Connor O'Brien from Villagers did as well. Oh, my God, I love Connor. <laughs> um But, no, and then, like, just all of a sudden, like, a couple of months ago, I don't know how she came across, like, the videos on YouTube and stuff, and, like, we weren't even following each other, and she just was literally, like, everyone go listen to this girl now immediately. Just do it. And every single time... She like sees anything doing to, like relating to me or like doing a gig. It's just like two seconds after I've posted something retweeted by me from Ham Sandwich. I'm like mm-hmm. oh. And she's so nice and she's such a legend and I love her and she's beautiful and she's gorgeous and I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> and she sings so beautifully. Um, she does a great Karen Carpenter and I'm obsessed with Karen Carpenter. Mm. Like as well as all her other talents obviously, but like <laughs> just popped into my head. But yeah, she's great.
0: And is that kind of just emblematic of the music scene in Ireland in Dublin that like everyone does seem kind of generally supportive? No. No, no
1: not everyone is supportive. <laughs> um I think but people are only people will only be supportive if they genuinely like you, if they genuinely think you're amazing. That's the only time they will kind of go out on a limb to support you, which I prefer <laughs> that than people like, there is uh, there's certain sections of the Dublin music scene that feel like, mm, oh, will I get in trouble for this? No. It feels like a lads <laughs> club. Like, it feels like there's all these group of boys. And they're all best friends. And they all put each other on for their own gigs. And nobody else gets to look in. And they will support each other only exclusively and if anyone else is playing a gig they will not stick around for that gig even if you're on the same lineup they will just leave because they want to go see their boys and it's this big boys club in like alternative dublin music scene and so i like the fact that with neve the likes of neve like she's genuinely has just come across my music she genuinely seemed to love it and is supporting it just because she likes it and not because she's trying to win points for being my mate like I think that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went off and around there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so what are your plans for 2020? Another single, perhaps, Rachel? Oh, yeah. An album, yeah, yeah, perhaps?
2: Yeah. yeah, a few. I'm just trying to finish some stuff at the moment. So I'll probably have a few things coming out. Def- definitely this year, I'll have a few things coming out. Um, and yeah, just have like a good few gigs coming up. It's really strange because I just like I feel like I've been like trying to get gigs for ages, and then now I'm like getting gigs, and I'm like,
3: whoa, what the hell? Uh, but you have it's to figure great. out the logistics of it. Like, yeah, actually, how like, do I get oh, to this place? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and um, but yeah, yeah, I have a few few things on the on the horizon. <laughs> great. And what about mm. you,
0: Kara?
1: Um, I will be releasing my first single, hopefully more than one single this year. Um, I was trying to release my first single during Pisces season, which is the 20th of February to the 20th of March, because I am a Pisces and I... I'm wearing a Pisces necklace right now. Um, But I'm also recording a music video for that first single, and I want the two to come out at the same time. So it's dependent on the music video now kind of thing. I don't mind pushing it back if I get to drop the video and the song on the same day, because the video is going to be intensely good. (laughs) it is no it is I'm going to be on a horse I'm going to be on a horse it's going to be amazing what's
0: the track called it's called
1: I want to be a cowboy baby I don't know if I'm allowed to say that that's going to be the first single oops (laughs) nobody cares (laughs) well I mean if if you
0: drop it in Pisces season it should be out by the time the podcast is out
1: perfect I probably won't because of um, the music video will definitely be delayed for whatever reason because there's a horse and you have to get insurance for a music video set if you use a horse never work Mm. with animals no or children (laughs) (laughs)
3: Some exotic dream That grips me Some hypnotic dream ...that lifts me and tips me. to me. Cold pint, a good life. I should better. Cute. I saw it better.